we're so multi-layered and multifaceted as humans like there's not just one aspect to ourselves so as soon as I started focusing on feeding all the different aspects of myself and not just one aspect I found my mental health really improved. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. That you just heard is Katie Fisher, and I'm really excited to bring you this episode with her. We cover a lot of things. We go over fitness, health, relationships, playing more, friendships, social media, uh, conscious consumption. We cover basically all the things, and there's a lot in here, so I'm excited to bring you this. Please do bear in mind that we did record this during a time of isolation, so we are practicing social distancing, and it was recorded via Zoom, so if you do hear a few glitches please do excuse me I did try to remove as many of them as possible however there may still be a few in there Um, so please do bear that in mind Uh, with that said I hope you enjoy Katie welcome to the podcast (laughs) hi thank you I'm really excited to um, jump on today and have a chat with you I feel like we really connected well when I met you Mm, there's so many things that we just have in common. And I I just want to like start off by kind of picking your brain on obviously we live, we're like living in a wild time at the moment and we won't focus on the coronavirus, but how are you handling, how are you handling like isolation and just like general life inside? (laughs) Well, I always try to look at everything in gratitude. Um, and, um, Unfortunately for me, sometimes like I'm an ultimate optimist. So um, (laughs) I'm like trying to see all the good parts of this. Well, I don't even have to try to be honest. So like um, for me, it's like not getting up at 4.30 a.m. is an absolute blessing. Like it's really nice to actually catch up on some sleep and like feel really rested. Um, And I get to like wake up in the morning and not absolutely rush to like jam my uniform on, put a bit of makeup on my face, um, you know, jam my sneakers on, put all my PT gear in the car and like drive to the gym straight away. I can actually slow down and like open the curtains, sit in bed, have a coffee with my husband and just, you know, have a bit of chit chat and wake up slowly, you know? Yeah. So it's just the little things that I'm trying to focus on and it's nice to get a bit of like creativity and balance back into my life so it's like I'm not just at the gym or programming or doing my own workouts I get to you know read a book a bit too which is also nice yeah and we were talking just before I hit record we were just talking about how this is actually a great opportunity for people to either stick to their routine or actually like build a healthier routine Yes, yes, 100%. Um, I agree with you there. So like I've had a couple of messages from clients who would have previously like done a 50 hour work week. And now because they're working from home, they're incorporating a bit of balance back into their lives. So they actually have time to do some yoga. They actually have time to like unwind before bed and have a healthier sleep routine. And they're not checking their phone 10 million times a day because they've got like you know 60 work emails they're kind of just actually actually instead of they're creating some boundaries and I feel like that's a lot more healthy for mental health um so it's it's I feel like although this is a terrible situation and it's never happened before people are actually slowing down which is 
I feel like a bit of a blessing, you know? Yeah, totally. I know that I'm prone to wearing busy as like a badge. Yes. Hey, look at all that I'm doing and look at how I'm so worthy because I'm doing X, Y, Z and, you know, I can accomplish this. And I feel like so many people are like caught up in this rat race of just do, do, do. Mm. Part of me is like a little bit concerned about what happens when you take all that busyness out. Because some people are still working from home. And yes. they don't have all the time in the world. But with more time, it can be can be like kind of confronting, you know, to yes. to suddenly have all this time and then go, oh, what do I do now? Mm, yeah, 100%. Like there's um, you like tips and ideas of stuff that you can do. So um, like I, I, there's like a little spinning wheel and it's kind of like you could be creative, you could do this. So it's like um, I know that like one of my friends is using this as an opportunity to like completely overhaul all the stuff in her house. So she's like, you know, clearing out all the stuff that she doesn't need. Like, and it's like, I feel like a lot of people when they, the stuff they put to the side, they're like, Oh, we'll clean the garage, you know, on that long weekend or, uh, I'll do the baking, uh, that I was going to do on that long weekend, or I'll do like, they're always putting stuff aside, like, especially with cleaning your house, you know, or rearranging furniture. You're like, I'll do that when it's Christmas holidays. (laughs) Now we actually have an opportunity to do all that stuff we were putting to the side. So like, I guess I would hope that people would start there first. And then once they do all that stuff, well, then they might start doing some self care. Yeah, totally. It's like, I mean, any other time, um, we use, we use time as an excuse, like, oh, I don't have time for that, time for this. And it's like, now you have all the time. What is your excuse? You know? Yes, exactly. So they're like, I just don't really want to do that right now. In which case I feel like that is amazing too, because realizing what you do and don't want to do, there's a lot of people who can't even differentiate between like, need to want to have to you know Mm. Mm. so it's like when they can actually go I I don't want to do that right now I don't feel like it and like listening to what they actually want is huge so hopefully people will also do that yeah how did you start listening to yourself like how did you get into because you're so much more than just a PT like Um, there's so much more that comes with just being a trainer. It's like people let you into their lives and you build relationships and you're there for them in like the weirdest times. And I know from my experience being a trainer, people share with you things they might not share with other people, like their dentist, for example, you know, like we have a really soft spot in people's hearts. And how did you like, how'd you get into this? Um, oh, wow. That's a a really good question. So I've already, whoa, I've always been a pretty open person. Um, and I I don't feel overly uncomfortable sharing my own experiences or, um, and I try to be as open and relatable as possible to my clients. Like if they are struggling with stuff, I try to be really open-minded and very unjudgmental. Um, and just let them know that I'm a safe space for them. Um, but to be honest, like I never wanted to be a, 
adjust a trainer where I go, oh, we go, we're going to do 10 reps, four sets, and then have no understanding of what that person is going through, like mentally or emotionally um, as well. So like in my consultations with my clients, I actually sit down and I talk to them first and I ask them how their mental health is. I ask them, like, is there anything that they're really struggling with? Um, what their work stress is like? Because holistically looking at a person, if they've got a lot of stress in their lives or if they've got a lot of like, they're just like really depressed and unhappy, generally they won't get the results that they want because there's a that amazing quote um, by Henry Ford, um, it's something to do with like, if you believe it, then it will happen. If you don't believe it will happen, it won't happen. So it's like, if a person truly believes that they are really depressed or they hate that, you know, like I hate everything about my life. I hate myself. I hate my body. I hate this. Well then, then not, it's very counterintuitive to what they want to achieve because they've constantly got a hate cycle going and then they're not making any room in their lives to kind of go, Oh, I can do this. Um, you know, like I can get to where I want to be. And then it just, yeah. So I knew that from my own um, journey as well, it's, it's not as easy as just, you know, following a program and then getting results. It's really digging a little bit deeper and figuring out what is going on for you emotionally. Like um, I had a client who had a whole heap of like emotional trauma and she was storing it up and like, wasn't making any results. As soon as she she started doing stuff that she had like storing it inside of her body she found that she had less chronic pain and she started to lose a bit of weight and and actually like think about how she was nourishing her body so it, it does actually go a lot deeper than just sets and reps and steps and you know cardio it's and I really like to take that into consideration you know yeah, absolutely. There's so much trauma that we trap in our body. Like our body's really just this vessel and it totally listens to us. And I love what you say about, you know, if you believe it, you can. If you don't believe yeah. it, you can't. Like that's as yes. simple as it is. There's actually, yeah. there's a documentary I just started watching um, on Netflix and it's called Heal. And it's all about oh, the mind-body yeah. connection. Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, I've seen that as well. And it's like, uh, like shamans and uh, like spiritual leaders working with people to kind of like convince them that, you know, they have the will to get better. Mm. Yeah, very mm. cool. Now, I love it because your body talks, your brain, your body, your brain talks to your body, your body's always listening. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's such yeah. a like important thing to be able to tune in and go, hey, Sums off or hey I really like that that feels good and you know like movement is is crucial I think I love what you just said about it being so much more than sets and reps because yeah there like you might meet a person as a trainer at point x but you might need to go all the way back to like m p yes. like b a like you got to go back and go hey like why are you even coming to me? Like, what, what are your goals? Where are you trying to go? But also where have yeah. you come from? Yes, exactly. I mean, if somebody came, like, came to me and they said like, I really hate resistance training. I, I, you know, I find it really uncomfortable. It makes me feel on edge. Um, or, you know, like I really, actually, I really hate being in the gym. Well, I'm going to like look for alternatives and be like, okay, cool. Maybe we'll just focus on your cardiovascular fitness. Like, let's get you a running program or 
um, let's make you some kind of like cardiovascular type workouts with like body weight movements if you really hate resistance training. Because I mean, if you're going to make somebody do something they hate, of course, they're not going to get to where they want to be because they're constantly being like, I hate this. I don't like going to the gym. So there's actually, you have to listen to what the client's individual needs are and, and everyone's different, you know, like you can't give somebody the same program and expect them to get the same results as another person because yeah, everyone is so different, you know? I feel like I had to learn that the hard way. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah. I feel like we all kind yes, of start I right where you start your health journey, whether that's like eating or fitness. And I feel as though, I mean, the reason you and I have jobs is to help people shortcut that. We're like, Hey, Mm. we fucked up. Like we did all totally help you not do those things. Yes. You kind of, in a way, learn the hard way you go, Oh yeah, sure. A cookie cutter program or, or it is as simple as blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, there's a lot, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like, even for myself, like, I really enjoy, uh, like kind of CrossFit style workouts. I love doing wads. Um, I love running. I, uh, really like short, sharp, fast movements. And then I do like to lift as well. But like, like, for example, when somebody asks me, I say my favorite move is a burpee. Like, I just love them. Same. Um, (laughs) they're amazing. Right. Um, but then I realized that like my results that I got when I just did weight training, which I find awesome and I love, I love it. And I feel like it's a, it's a really important fundamental to have um, versus when I do like more CrossFit type training. And then I actually do the train kind of training style that I really love and feel passionate about and enjoy. Um, my results are completely different and my body actually looks completely different. So it's taken me probably six years um, of doing different stuff, like doing different phases of stuff to go, oh, actually the, the things that I like my brain tells me and I go, oh, I really like in the middle of it, I go, I really love this. Like this is the kind of stuff that juices me up is actually my body responds so much better. So I don't know if you found that for yourself as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I found, I was saying this to a couple of friends the other day, is that, that I don't know what happened in the last six months, but something in me totally shifted where everything became really intuitive. It was like, I'd wake up and I know I need to move because I love that and recognizing that that's a thing that gives yeah. me joy. But it was like, how do I want to move today? Like, do I, Ooh, yeah. do I have do I have it in me to go bust out like a long run? Do I want to like, I don't know, attack the weights. Do I want to um, just go for a walk? Like, do I just want to take my dog for a walk? It's like something shifted where it's like the stress of having to do X on X day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Away, and suddenly it's like your body just goes, Oh, we like this. Yeah. That actually, so- feels better and you start to like book better yeah it's like in called intuitive movement the the style of training and I know a lot more people are shifting more towards this and actually listening to their bodies like a lot of holistic naturopaths and nutritionists that I know will prescribe this type of training especially if somebody has a lot of stresses in their life they're like wake up and just do what movement feels intuitive to you it's kind of like 
eating what your body wants and actually listening to like, oh, what do I feel like for my carb source today? And, and your body will go, I want pumpkin or I want kumra, you know, like, and, and like once you actually start listening and like, like listening for that answer back, the more I feel like you can really nourish who you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like on a holistic level, right? Yeah. That's a, there's a fine line though. There's a fine line. Yeah. Between like, oh, you know what? I don't think I have the energy for a run today. So I'm just not going to do it. Um, yeah. And there's that fine line between taking it easy on yourself and actually listening. How do you establish yes. the difference? Like how do you recognize what is needed when? Um, I, I don't know. Okay. So I try and think of myself as like a parent to myself. Like, you know, when you're in your kid in your supermarket and you're like, I want a chocolate. And your mom goes, no, you had one last week or no, like we've already got treats in the trolley. Like I try and be a parent to myself in that sense. Well, like, I know, like, uh, like I do follow a workout structure. So I know like I have two runs a week and then I have, two lifting sessions and two CrossFit sessions. So I know that I, like, I have to get them done at some stage. But, like if I'm really, really sore from my, I, um, I kind of like reason with myself like a parent, like I'm like, would it be sensible to like, if I was sore from my CrossFit session to go straight into a lifting session? Probably not if I'm really sore and my legs are messed up, but what could I do that's more of an active recovery? Or maybe I will just do like hit weights more upper body and then get a bit of the lactic acid out of my legs um, and then increase my steps that day, see how my body feels after the session. Um, so I guess it's kind of like still being firm with yourself, like a parent, well, it works for me anyway, but giving myself a little bit of wiggle room, like to actually listen and be like, am I just being lazy or do I actually need the active recovery instead? You know? Mm. I feel like that relates to, to like our mental well-being. I've been thinking a lot lately about self-sabotage and how um, oh, yeah. often, often we have all the tools. Like mm. for you and I, I'd say really confidently that we, we have a lot of tools in our medicine bag yeah. to be able to look yes. after ourselves in all sorts of ways, in all the buckets of our lives, you know? Yeah. And sometimes we just don't open the bag. We're just like, yeah, oh, you know what? I don't think I want to help myself today. Yeah. It's like, why are you self-sabotaging when you've got all these tools? Why, like, why don't we use them sometimes? I know. I, and it's like, almost like we all have different parts of our personality. So like, you know, we all have that responsible, like reasonable, rational side of ourselves. And then we have the emotional side of ourselves. Um, I always think, like, you know, like I've got uh, somebody who helps me out and somebody who uh, like can be a bit of a dick and like pulls me down. You know? And then I've got like, uh, like my mental health, like, uh, sometimes I feel like my anxiety is kind of, well, I'm probably going to sound probably a bit nuts. Like sometimes my anxiety is like a little like black monster that chips on in with these two voices here. So it's like, sometimes my reasonable voice will be like, Hey, you need to do some self care. Like we need to look after ourselves. Um, 
not everyone has an internal dialogue like this. Some people just don't, uh, but I'd say 80% of us do. And then, you know, my little spoiled uh, kind of like negative voice will be like, I don't want to like, nah, 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 you know, like it can, and for me, it's just kind of tuning out that negative voice and going, no, this is something that I really need to do. And then sometimes my anxious, like little voice comes in and it's like, this doesn't feel safe or blah, blah, blah. And it will like kind of derail me too. So I, I just need to make sure that I put that rational and kind voice in the forefront and try and almost tune out those other voices, you know, which can really impact your mental health and also your physical health too. It's like that negative one is a lot of the time the one that goes, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go for my run today. I don't want to get outside. So yeah, it's just for me really focusing on that positive and rational voice. Mm. Mm. Yeah, not letting the emotions take over. Yeah, I don't know how, like, do you kind of feel the same way in that sense as well? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, grace is something that I've learned to extend to myself. Mm. I was reading up about, a friend sent me um, this tale the other day, and it was the story of these two wolves. And one wolf is like light and balance and like goodness. And this other wolf is evil. And the story goes that we have the two wolves inside of us. Yes. And it poses the question, which wolf are you feeding? And as you, as you learn about the story, you go, well, obviously I want to, I want to feed like the good wolf. I want to feed the light, the balance, the health, the, the like good part of me. Um, And I want to starve that other wolf. But what I found really amazing is the story says like, if you've got this evil wolf, which we all do, it's not an if, it's, you know, yeah. hey, this thing exists. You have to recognize and, and almost validate that wolf to keep it at bay. Yes. So it's not about starving it. It's about having this awareness and going, hey, little wolf, I see you. Yeah. I, I see you, like your little black monster. You know, it's like, hey, I see you. And thanks for, thanks for keeping me in line. Like, thanks for showing me just how good it can be on the other side. I'm going to throw you a bone and just hope you stay over there. Yeah. And and when you're hungry again, you just let me know because I just want to keep you, you know, and you feed feed like the good wolf for the most part. Yeah. um, I thought that that was such a great metaphor for how I've learned in a way to tackle balancing the rationale with the emotional because it's like the emotional, like our brain is, is sort of wired to attack us and like go after the worst case situation and and you know it's it's a real bad spiral but if you feed that wolf if you feed that balance if you can get outdoors and like I find journaling really helps me um Mm. journaling meditation like I know it sounds as cheesy as anything but like the the cliche things yes work like knowing that I have this medicine bag it's just zipping it open and being like, yeah, hey, what do I want today? And, and quite often it's like movement helps, you know, because yeah. you just move this energy around and actually talking to people. I found what really helps me as well is reaching out to people and being vulnerable and just saying, yeah, Hey, like I'm going through a hard time. Can you be there for me at the moment? Mm, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you there. Um, 
and it's really interesting like I always when I talk to my clients and about self-care I always say like maybe meditation might not be for you but mindfulness might be for you there's a difference between the two of them or journaling might not be for you but drawing might be for you and it's like I always tell my clients to try on self-care and figure out what feels good for them because like I hate doing yoga like I hate doing it um I have tried so many times to go to like a flow class and just be present but it drives me insane um what I really love is yin yoga so it's like very slow and it's like it's you have to be present because you're putting your body into a really deep stretch is the stretch like especially through the hips it's uncomfortable and it's not that fun but my mind can't physically wander because all I can do is focus on the stretch and how painful it is and that sounds not self-serving really but it actually is the only type of yoga I enjoy because when I'm doing a flow I'm thinking about what I'm eating for dinner so it doesn't serve a purpose you know yeah and that comes back to this whole compliance thing because if you enjoy it then you're more likely to do it yeah there's not, there's not one size fits all when it comes to health like there's not one diet there's not one movement pattern there's not one um you know restorative practice there's yes. so many and it's about trying them on and it's about having fun i feel like mm -hmm. um, not enough people play in their lives 100% I agree with you there um and it's really funny you don't even know you're missing play until you start doing it again so like my like the CrossFit box that I'm a part of sees play is really important so before every warm-up session we play a game and it's um we either do like do you remember when you were a kid and you had that game where you couldn't let the balloon touch the floor I love that game. Yeah. Yeah, everyone does, right? So sometimes we play it with a ball or we play like noughts and crosses where you have to race the other team to get to lay down your knot or cross. Um, and I didn't realize that that was an aspect in my life that I was missing, but I was 100% was and it wasn't. And I, my, I kept coming home from CrossFit like just and so happy. And my husband was like, whoa, what did you do today in CrossFit? Like, you just seem so upbeat. And I'm like, to be honest, like, I love playing the games that we play. And then I realized, like, wow, like, as adults, we don't do any play. You know, we don't pretend. We don't, like, <laughs> like wrestle each other. We don't play silly games. We don't play the floor as lava anymore. So I, I have started incorporating some games with my clients. Like, I gave them, sometimes I give them, two 5kg plates or two 2.5kg plates and I say the floor is lava your plates are the only thing you can stand on we have to get to the other side of the room especially if they're having a really hard stressful day I'm like all right this is what we're going to start with today and just watching somebody's state change and going oh or sometimes I make them play swiss ball soccer with me you know I'm like we kick the swiss ball around the room for a little bit and just like it just it just changes somebody's state you know or even like a a 30 second dance party just like to change somebody's state and and have a bit of fun have a bit of play like makes a huge difference in people's lives so i'm a, like a massive advocate for that now you know mm, i was reading the other day it's funny because i was actually talking to a friend about like roughhousing kids kids do life right 
I don't yeah, know at what point we get it trained out of us. It must be around like age 10 or something, but yeah. roughhousing like is so important and people yeah. get so PC now and they're like, Oh no, you know, play fighting's bad or this or that. And it's like, nah, that touch, like that actual physical touch yeah. and that ability to express yourself. Yeah. So crucial for health. Like, yeah. On, on, a, on a much deeper, deeper level than we can probably comprehend. Totally. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, like, you know, like when we were kids and we'd do like tickle fights or pillow fights, like, you know, actually like being silly, like I feel like as adults, like we, we feel like it's inappropriate to be silly or, um, just a bit goofy you know like oh people might people like you get too consumed with what people might worry about or like think about you and you're just like oh no it, well like if I was goofy then you know somebody might judge me or think that I'm immature but it's like I don't know at what point we decided that that wasn't cool anymore but it's a like a definitely a very important aspect of connection and and like you know incorporating that play side and like we all have a little kid inside of us, you know, and a lot of us just shove it down because we go, oh, it's not important or I have to be responsible or I have bills to pay or I have to work. But it's a giant aspect of yourself that you're just kind of like pushing down. And of course, you're not going to feel happy if you're ignoring a whole part of yourself. Mm. So like I'm a huge advocate for like adults doing fun stuff. So like going to jump, like going to play on a playground, local playground, like jumping on the flying fox, doing the monkey bars, um, you know, walking along that side of the fence, you know, like a little low fence that you used to do when you were a kid, uh, doing rollerblading, going ice skating, like doing all of those activities where they bring you joy and like a childlike joy. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we're totally so caught up in our heads and we need to get more yes. into our bodies. I think that's a conversation that I'm curious to see emerge, especially during mm -hmm. this time, now that yes. we are stuck by ourselves or stuck with a certain amount of people. I feel like yeah. this conversation will become a lot bigger. And I love the conversation that, I mean, we both share a lot online. Yeah. Like people probably know more about our lives than, than other people they follow. <laughs> yeah. But these conversations, you know, are important. Like we've spoken about this, the, the importance of actually sharing your story and mm. by being vulnerable and saying, Hey, like I'm going through this or I've gone through this. Yes. People permission to like express themselves as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, like even I find that like even sharing your own story and people permission to kind of cast light on their own shadows and go, Oh, actually this big demon that I had, or this, this thing that I was trying to like push away, actually I'm not alone. And, um, you know, it could be like some form of trauma or like terrible situation they've gone through could be just a part of themselves that they don't like um, and even sometimes when I say to somebody, look, like, I don't feel a hundred percent comfortable with all aspects of myself. Like, sure. There's aspects that I feel like I need to work on. And they're like, Oh, I didn't realize that anyone else felt like that. And it's like, by sharing that kind of stuff, it feels like, well, I feel like it just helps people 
work through some of the stuff that maybe they're struggling with. Mm. So yeah, self-exploration is really important, I feel like. Yeah. And it's a practice. It's an ongoing practice. Like I think that's, it's such a rabbit hole because once you get into like improving yourself and becoming a little bit more conscious about why you do what you do, um, you realize you're never ever going to be able to go back. (laughs) Yes. You're like, okay, this is, this is literally like you're putting the plates down, but you don't know where the wall is life yeah. kind of hey here's your plates you gotta lay them down and we're gonna try to get to the other side of the room except you don't know how big the room is yeah and you're probably never gonna find the end of the room it's like oh yeah. okay so i have to start here with what i have yes and just make a way forward but so many people i feel are still caught up in this like this mindset of curating their lives and and only sharing the highlights and mm-hmm. Just, it's a bit bullshit. It's like, yeah, off, you know? Yeah. It's, it's re- like, it's really hard as well because I see, and I have female and male friends, but I see both genders really struggle with feeling less than because they're spending a lot of time on social media and like comparing to, you know, their friends or colleagues or, um, influences that they see on social media and they're like oh, like uh, I have a really amazing friend and he gets so concerned with how like he's like oh like I think he looks incredible like generally everyone thinks he looks incredible I don't know anyone who would fault him he looks like uh, like phenomenal you can tell he works super hard in the gym but then it's like he's looking at you know, all of these guys who are juiced up and he's kind of like, oh, well, I don't look like that. I'll never look like that. And it's like sometimes external influences for for comparing especially is so toxic to ourselves. Like I know I do it as well. I spent a good like, oh, I'd say only the year, the last year and a half I stopped comparing and I, and I went, well, this is me. And you know, if somebody doesn't like it, it's, that's fine. It's up, it's up to them. It's not my decision. All I can do is be like really solid in my foundation and who I am and, and practice every day being the kind of person that I want to be. I stopped comparing. And, and I found that a lot of my friends have done this too. As, as soon as they've stopped comparing themselves to external influences, then it just gives them permission and more room in their own lives to grow into who they actually want to become or who they are deep down, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard one. And like I, when people say comparison is the thief of joy, I 100% feel like this quote is, you know, is that that's life, like exactly. 100%. You know, if, if you really look at it, it, it really is. And you can't, you can't spend your life comparing because it will just rob you of all your joy. It's like, well, it's life porn, isn't it? Like we're all addicts to this like pornography, but it's not, it's not in like your classic terms. It's just life porn. People are going, oh, this is how life is supposed to be. And the problem is you can't get away from it unless you intentionally try. And digital detoxing is something that in the last year I've certainly tried to implement because this little, this little pocket computer comes with me everywhere. Yeah, and it has so much potential to do so good. Like yeah, it freed up my life in ways I would never have been able to do had I have been born fifty years ago. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So grateful for it. However, with that comes like a responsibility to go, hmm, what am I consuming? Who am I consuming? How yeah. frequently am I consuming it? And does it actually make a difference to my life? I actually went through and I unfollowed so many people on Instagram yeah. um, a couple months ago. And you know what's funny? I didn't miss them at all. Yeah, that's I the didn't thing. even notice they were gone. Yeah, it's funny. Hey, like, I just find it so fascinating when, like, we have the power, our generation, we are so um, empowered and mindful now of what kind of advertising and media we consume like so we're we're active consumers we're not passive consumers like our parents generation would be a passive consumer but we are such active consumers nowadays that we have the power to really like be mindful of what we are consuming um and i always talk to my clients when they first come on board i'm like okay like who are you following um, are you following one somebody that's realistic for for you to follow? Like, will your body like? Because they'll show me pictures and be like, I, I want to look like this. I'm like, this is Kylie really probably tens up in the tens of surgery. Like, she probably has had so many procedures done now. She doesn't even look like how she looked at the, like as herself. So it's so far away from what you could achieve in the gym. Um, so you need to just focus on you, but either with a little bit of muscle on or maybe five kgs lighter, whatever they want. And I'm always like, you need to be mindful about the media you consume. Like you can't expect to go from a beginner to say like somebody who has like massive sculpted delts or um, somebody who has a quad sweep. Like it's like, there's there seems to be, they they like our generation we want everything now and with the media we're consuming we're like oh i want to look like that next month but they don't realize that we know we have such a big gap between what we are now and what we what we want that it takes work um so i try and get people to be really mindful of the stuff they are consuming um and also like you know influencers who are uh, vulnerable and who do actually share about everyday stuff I'm like oh yeah this person is really real that's great go follow them this person is putting out helpful content awesome go follow them but it, you know if somebody is following somebody who's really superficial and fake I'm like well maybe you should do a detox and remove all of those people out of your life you know yeah intentional how do you manage that though when some of these people are your friends like, what about when your circle is perpetuating this filtered, fluffy life? Yeah, true. Wow, like, that's a really good point. I'm very fortunate in my own life to have very genuine friends, like, and they say that you're most, like, the five people you have in your life, and I'm very fortunate that those five people that I have who are my closest friends uh, brutally honest and very authentic so it just really comes down to you know the the people that you have in your life so people have to be really mindful of that you know mm. yeah. yeah and it's uncomfortable sometimes to oh totally cut like there's um this weird feeling that if you're friends with someone if you've been friends with someone like for years you always have to be friends with them 
It's like mm. sometimes, sometimes relationships change, you know, people change. Yeah, totally. And knowing your own boundaries is super important. Yes. Um, like I'm a massive believer in that as well. And I always like, sometimes my clients uh, will come to me struggling with something like that. And they're like, I don't know what to do. And I say like, look, like sometimes people are in our lives for a short time. Sometimes they're just here to help us grow. Um, and I always say an expired friendship doesn't mean beef. So, you know, you can move on and you can still be friendly with that person. You can still check up on them. Like, Hey, how are you going? But you can delegate how much time and energy you want to put into that person. So it's like, if they're not serving you, if you don't walk away feeling really good after spending time with them, or you feel like you're giving 80% in the friendship and you know, they're giving like 20 or, um, you know, like if there's a, if, if it just doesn't make you feel good or excited or at least something positive, well, chances are it's not make, helping that other person feel positive either. And maybe you guys just aren't good for each other. So I try to get people to be really mindful of those relationships. And like, I'm hugely mindful of that in my life too, you know? I love what you just said about maybe it's not good for the other person. Yeah. Because yeah, life is so symbiotic. It's like, if I'm exchanging energy, they're receiving at least, yeah. hopefully giving energy back. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, is this, am I just selfishly going, I'm not getting anything out of this? Or am I going, hey, if I'm not getting anything out of this, maybe you're not either. And maybe, maybe because yeah. love and care for people without them being, you know, so close, thinking about, oh, that's such an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, considered yeah so it's um I started really thinking about that uh like I have a really amazing therapist um and like I really struggle with letting relationships go um it's a big struggle for me like I have this thing where I just like love everyone I meet um generally any friendship I form I'm like wow like I love this person like and I'll give my absolute all and then sometimes it comes back and sometimes it doesn't but when it doesn't man it makes me feel so deflated uh, just like the energy exchange I'm like oh damn and then I realized like when I was talking to Peter about this one time and he was like hey chances are if you're leaving feeling discouraged and a bit used and just a bit shit chances are the other person is going to be feeling the same and is it doing them a disservice by like carrying this on and on and on and on um you know if like you guys both aren't feeling good and i was like wow that's huge and so that's a really amazing piece of learning that i've taken into my life and like uh, you know sometimes I'm really honest I'm like hey look I really don't think this is serving us like I feel like we could make better friendships separately that would both serve us better that would be better fits for who we are as people like you know like I re like you know I'm just really honest with people like I'm like hey like I just really don't think I'm good for you and I don't think you're good for me and I really love you and I care about you but I think we probably should move on and I've had to do that with some people and sometimes it's taken terribly where they're like wow you're just a really horrible person but sometimes like i really hope later in you know later in life that we like they'll really reflect and go yeah that relationship wasn't good for me but 
I'm able to make them now that are more mindful and they are better for me, you know? Yeah, I try to really think about that kind of stuff and really hope that by making mindful relationships and being honest in your relationships, it sets you up to make, you know? And that's another thing that kids do really well. They make friends really easily and then they like lose friends really, you know, they have really strong boundaries. They're like, oh yeah. no, Timmy was bullying me. I'm not friends with Timmy anymore. It's like, yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, and they don't like, yeah. And like that, the, the child who has decided that, you know, like, oh no, that he was being mean. Like, I don't want to be friends with him. Uh, like doesn't lose sleep over it. Doesn't think twice over it. Like just goes, oh, well, you know, they'll make another friend. Um, so it's there's a very fine line between getting too anxious and worried about what the other people like person would think if you were honest and just went hey like this doesn't make me feel so good i don't think you probably feel so good either and just like you know being like like kind as well so there's like a very fine line you you, you have to be tactful about it you know especially like as an adult we have to stay civil and um you know, if we run into that person again, there should, there should be no bad energy, you know, you should be able to go, oh my gosh, hey, how are you? Like, I don't feel like a lot of the time a friendship just needs to like end and then you guys both hate each other, you know, same with relationships, um, same with like ex-boyfriends and whatnot, doesn't, or girlfriends, doesn't mean that you need to, you know, break up, you can appreciate the time you had together and then just go, oh, it's just a natural end and life cycle of something, doesn't mean that we need to hate each other. Yeah, absolutely. Respecting yourself and respecting others without it turning into such a personal thing. Yeah. yeah life's a lot bigger than our, our small problems. I feel like this time particularly, people will be doing a lot of reflection and going, oh, yeah. okay, I've got bigger issues now. I'm worrying about like my finances. I'm worrying about yeah. where my kids are going to learn. Like I'm worried about um, I, I love people like the quarantine 15. It's like, yeah, how, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to focus on the things that actually matter mm. and like, and really like banding together? I think that humanity is displaying some pretty or like awesome, just acts of kindness and love at the moment. You know, it's pretty cool to see. Um, I want to, I want to touch though on like this, this idea of hobbies outside of, I mean, we're obviously both passionate about what we do. Yeah. And your husband is also a trainer. So your life, yeah. like fitness and food and, you know, <laughs> yeah. outside of that, like, how do you, how do you relax? Like, how do you find balance in your life outside of loving what you do and it not being your whole life? That is a really awesome point and a very valid question. Um, to be honest, like I've only learned to do this in the last six months. So um, it's very easy um, with being a trainer, me being a trainer, and then us being at the gym all to own and especially with food, it's very easy to turn like inward and get very consumed with it. Um, and I would say I spent a, a great deal of the last three to five years being very internally consumed with just fitness and, and being the epitome of fitness. Um, 
I actually got very, very, very anxious over Christmas and New Year's and to the point where I couldn't go outside. I couldn't go to the supermarket because I thought I was going to run into somebody that I knew. Um, and like, I was so concerned with what they would think about me. Like I got stuck in a really bad, like weird place. I'm like, Oh, what if they think that I don't look fitnessy enough? Or what if they think that I look too bulky or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just got into this really bad mental space where it's just all consumed with being fitness. And I had to actually take a step out of myself and go, I'm a personal trainer and I love training, but that's just one aspect about me. Um, and I, I really try to find some form of balance in my life where I, I put, um, there's a really amazing guy I follow on Instagram called Shane's Way. And he is a trainer as well. And um, he really preaches um, self-love and also boundaries. And so um, I went to amazing conference at FitX about him and he was talking about boundaries and self-care for fitness professionals and I was just like wow um I don't really do any self-care um especially like I would be like oh I do stretching but that, that is like self-care within the fitness realm or oh I do yin but that's fit within the fitness realm or you know it's just like I realized that all my self-care was also to do with fitness and that isn't good for you so I started um, being very active so I one I made sure I have like a novel like n not a self-help book not a book on anxiety not a, like n not a book on hormones like you know not something to do with work just like a fun novel I make sure I have one and I read it every night before I go to bed um and like previously before I was a personal trainer I would do art like at least four or five times a week like I'm very artistic and I have a huge creative side of myself and I worked in advertising for three years and I just kind of shoved that under the rug like it didn't matter. Um, but I, my the counselor really encouraged me to start doing art again. He's like, you need to do it every day. It's something that really nourishes you and gives back to you. And so I started doing art a couple of times a week and I found, and do, like doing jewelry school and I found that that was hugely helpful for my mental health and I started to be like, wow, yeah, like, we're so multi-layered and multifaceted as humans. Like there's not just one aspect to ourselves. So as soon as I started focusing on feeding all the different aspects of myself and not just one aspect, I found my mental health really improved. So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And to be honest, I'm not super good at it, but I try really hard, you know? Mm. I think um, I'm so amazed because I only just found out you're an artist. I mean, that said though i think we're all artists and yes, for the longest times like you have this beautiful way of creating physical pieces of art like i'm so amazed like i genuinely love the stuff you've been sharing because i'm like that's stunning and i i have this little ping of envy in me because i know that's a skill set that i just don't naturally have and for the longest right. time I like judged myself. I was like, no, you're not an artist. Cause I can't draw for shit. I, I like, I can't paint. I can't draw. I can't, I, I love messy art, but it's certainly not a, like an inherited skill, you know? 
then that's I realized, okay. You might have a different, um, like everyone has a, a different skill set. So like you might be really amazing with words. Like I can't write a poem to save myself. But I mean, like if you're really amazing at poetry, that's something that I would find, I'd be like, oh, dang. You know, like, because I'm not good at, um, like, words, words, yeah, no, not, so, Well, that's yeah. exactly it, is I realized, hey, actually, you are an artist, but you you don't work with a canvas and paints, you work yeah. with a pen and paper, because right. are quite literally my thing, and so, yeah, I have started, um, I wrote for the longest time, and people, um, people really, like, received it well, and it's such a, such a vulnerable thing for me to share because it comes from a, yeah. it comes from a place, you know, and words can't really be minced. So it's like, yeah. if I'm saying something, I'm meaning that. Yes. So to share, it was like this really like hard thing that I started doing about three years ago. And yeah. just recently I've been like, man, I missed that. And so I'm actually working on like creating a poem book, like a poetry wow. book. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's something that, um, I know would benefit me, even if it never gets published, it's going to help me. It's like a form of expression and it helps balance getting out of like my body and tapping into that other side of my brain. That's just creative. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. So you like, exactly. You're an artist with, you know, a pen and some paper. So it's like, we all have different canvases and, and like mine is like, you know, paint in the literal sense, but you know, like I know people who are amazing at design and they create like really cool, like um, product boxes or um, flyers or posters, like they are amazing at design and that's like their creative outlet. We all have a creative outlet. It's just, everyone's is a bit different, you know? Mm. Mm. I love that just to wrap it up, my last question for you, which is sort of a heady question is what is your idea of success? Ooh, what would be my idea of success? Um, to be honest, we can all be successful in our own lives and it doesn't have to come down to like a monetary value. Like I don't need to have a Lamborghini in my driveway to know that like I've been successful. Um, like this question makes me real emotional because um like I have a motto for my business and it's like if I can leave somebody feeling emotionally physically or mentally better than when they walk through the door then I have done my job for the day um and really I would say that carries into my, my own life um if I can leave this planet eventually when I like you know pass on like if I can leave like a few people in this world feeling like either emotionally physically um or mentally better than before I came into their lives then I know that like my life was successful so yeah that that's huge for me I, I just love making a difference in people's lives like you know if if I make them feel something like a realization if I make them feel happier if I you know, if I can touch people in, in a way where I can, I can invoke some emotion or change, then that's the most important thing for me. I love that. I love that so much. And I think that's why we get along yeah. so well, because like yeah. your heart's in the right place, but you also act on that, you know, everything you yeah. do like supports your mission and you're leading by example. So 
I just want to say that I'm grateful for you. And oh, well, thank you. I know that so many other people are. And, um, and I hope that they, you know, a lot of people take a lot from this. Yeah, well, it's like my main, my main goal and mission, you know, so it would mean so much to me, like, and it means a lot to me that even you can take stuff from my posting as well. And I take stuff from your posting. So it's like, it's really amazing that like, we can all like a lot of uh, the more like holistic type fitness professionals, we can kind of take stuff from each other and all learn from each other and all share. And it's like, I feel like, you know, that at the end of the day is community. And that's what we should all strive for. Mm, absolutely. Well, I'm grateful you're part of my community. Thanks. I'm grateful that you're part of my community too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed listening and peace. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys.